Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Roto, and I will be your host. With me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing today, Father? I'm doing well. Yeah, overall, doing well. I'm feeling tired today. Yeah? Busy? Um, yeah, you know, yesterday was a, yesterday was a full day, and I kind of thought, wow, you know, maybe, you know, because I've been talking about slowing down, you know, and I thought, you know, this might be a good time to kind of almost go into like a little bit of a retreat mode, but yesterday was not like that at all. <laughs> um, you know, we're trying to keep people connected, so we got a number of different kind of just moving parts of trying to help people feel connected, you know, as, as we're in this stay at home. Um, but I've kept meetings, you know, so I kept some of my meetings that I had planned. Um, so those meetings are just happening over Zoom now. So, yeah, so yesterday was 7.30 to 7.30. I got, I got done with my uh, last marriage prep last night just before 7.30 and kind of thought, well, there's three things I didn't get to. Where I was like, no, I'm done. So, like, stopped yeah. working, you know, because it was all done at home yesterday, too. So, I mean, yeah. I actually brought my computer from the office over to the house. Um, so everything's being done at home via, um, zoom. Um, but yeah, I just kind of had to stop myself too and be like, no, I, I need to stop, you know? And so I'll do those things today that I didn't get to yesterday. And, uh, but yeah, it was, um, was, uh, in front of the screen a lot yesterday in the morning, we had two evaluations for two of our seminarians. Um, and the seminaries are close. So they sent the guys, most of the seminaries are close. So they sent the guys home. So. I did two evaluations in the morning via Zoom um, with the faculty at IHM and at St. Mary's in Winona with two of our guys that are at home. And so that was kind of a different experience. And, yeah. Um, I taught um, basically a half a class for the Mantra Day ninth graders for the introduction to the Bible class that I've been teaching this year. Um, so did that via webcam with all of them. Um, had two marriage preps yesterday over the Zoom as well, um, which was interesting you know um it, yeah it's just it was draining i was ready to be done looking at a screen you know yeah. and then too like i'm you know all the facebook stuff we've been doing i've I've really tried to just kind of keep a balance with that so i'm doing daily mass this week you know at 8 a.m and and you know turning the camera on uh for for to help people be able to be with me and, and join in that um and then doing noon updates but there's just a lot of like screen time and it just drained me yesterday. Like I got to the end of the day and I'm still feeling it today a little bit. So I got to try to check out today, later to this yeah. afternoon. I got some stuff I got to get done here, but hopefully by three o'clock or so I can just check out and put the screens away and tr- probably try not to turn the TV on too tonight. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's I how that. I am. Yeah. <laughs> how are you? Uh, I- I'm good. I'm good. Um, I realized... Uh, when I left the house today, that was like the first time I've left, left the house in like it was like four days. And I was like, oh, I forgot that I haven't been outside. And like, I guess I've been outside beyond like the grocery store or like whatever. But uh, it was kind of funny. I was like, I haven't dr- like drove my own car in like four days, uh, which felt weird like yeah. getting into it. So, um, but I don't know. It, it's good. Um, uh, I'm almost done with, uh, I'm, I think I, I told everyone that I'm watching the, the Sherlock, uh, TV series Yeah. and, um, me and my roommate are almost done with that series and I started the books too. Cause I found them on, uh, like wow. on uh, Kindle. Junkie. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting into it. I, I, I've never really gotten to like the, like, 
I guess, mystery, like, detective, like, books before. I've, I mean, I guess I've watched some, like, TV shows with it. But I'm um, getting into them, like, man, this is good. And, you know, they were written in, like, the early 1900s, late 1800s, I think. And so I didn't think that I would, like, like them, but they're super easy to read. So, Yeah, I, I probably need to tap into that show. That's I, I forgot about that one. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, that, I, that's kind of been a lot of my... A lot of my time is, I guess, you know, trying to be a d- detective now or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, how was it driving across the bridge? So I know you live over in Superior. So what uh, was the experience like driving over this morning? Oh, it, it was great. There was no one there. There's nobody no one, on the roads. No, there were, there was. I mean, there's. I probably saw like ten cars on the road. Wow. In the fifteen minute drive. Wow. So it was nice. Wow. <laughs> so we are Dan and I are doing this, um, you know, together at at the parish like we normally do. We're, we're social distancing. Um, but we also, you know, part of the stay-at-home mandate, there's a, there's a clause in there, of, you know, in terms of employees that are... Um, essential. Essential, is the there word. it is. I was going to say exempt, <laughs> but essential. Um, essential employees, and that actually includes church employees. Um, and particularly, there's a, there's a sentence in there, too, that basically states, you know, those that are helping get out online you know, media resources um, in this time. So uh, Dan and I talked yesterday. We are both feeling fine and everything, and so we said, well, let's let's do it at the church like we normally do, and we'll just be safe about it. And, um, and you know, Dan's got a letter from us saying that he's an essential employee. Um, and so, yeah, just so folks know, like, you know, we, we were the governor's kind of said, you know, we can do some of these things. So we're really, I'm really trying to limit it, in, you know, in some ways, um, in a lot of ways, actually. And... Um, uh, not to kind of take advantage of that, but we still want to be able to reach out to everybody and, and provide an opportunity for people to to just have some uh, connectivity in, in various ways. You know, we're doing a number of different things, and some of you are podcast listeners and listen to the podcast each week, so we wanted to provide this again this week. So, Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, before we kind of jump into today's topic, do you want to open us with a prayer? Yeah, let's say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your goodness and your love, Lord, we love you and we, we glorify you. We ask that you would give us hearts that belong to you, belong to you above all else. Lord, bless us in this conversation, in our time together, and uh, in these days, especially as we approach Easter in such a unique way this year. We just ask that you would give us the vision to, to see your grace and your love for us and the mercy that you, you desire. Lord, we thank you for your, for your love, for your death on the cross. Lord, we glorify you in your resurrection. Mother Mary, intercede for us, you who are always present with your Son. We pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. So we want to talk about a couple things going on in the parish right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess probably, probably the biggest thing right now is that the doors are open. Yeah, the doors are open. We're allowed to have the doors open. And, that, you know, Governor Waltz, too, kind of sounds like he really encouraged it because... Some of the necessities in our lives are food, <laughs> um, exercise, you know, so health and in, in body, um, but then mental and spiritual health he talked about too. And so, um, you know, being safe and smart and reasonable, prudent. Um, but one of the things we are, the church doors are open, so we're going to have church doors open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. on both Holy Family and St. Lawrence if you want to stop in and, and say a prayer. And is that um, like Monday through Friday, every day? I'm, we're going to try to do it every day. Okay. Um, uh, and we've been asked to make sure they're open on Sundays um, for some hours. And so my plan would be just that every day they're opened 
um, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, the tricky part is just, you, you know, you want people around. So yeah. that's the one thing on the weekends I have to figure out. Um, particularly at Holy Family, we've got some cameras at Holy Family. Um, so that's really helpful. Um, that makes me, you know, at least feel somewhat okay with opening the doors if nobody's there. Um, up here at St. Lawrence, we've got, we, we put in a bunch of cameras, so it's really easy to, we got all the doors mm -hmm. have cameras on them and uh, most of the spaces. So, you know, um, that just gives a sense of security and, and when people know there's cameras, they don't, they don't do stupid stuff. So, yeah. so anyways, yeah, so I'm going to try to on the weekends as well. Anything else? Um, you know, a lot of people have been asking about confession, and so what we did, if you haven't seen, we set up a Doodle account, and so we're having people sign up for confession um, in 15-minute mi increments. That allows just that there's not like 100 people that show up. If I if I said, well, Mass is going to be at 4 o'clock, or, or confession's at 4, you know, 100 people show up here, you know, that's just not very prudent, you know. And I don't know that that would happen right now because we really – most people are being prudent about staying at home, but just don't want that. So we just said, well, why don't we set up a doodle account? People can go in and sign for 15 minute, sign up for 15 minute increments. So I'm gonna opened up various times this week. Um, so you can find that on the Catholic Duluth um, Facebook page. Not sure is that link on the web page yet. Um, uh, I believe it is, but I'll double check. Okay. Um. And uh. So yeah, you can sign up for that. I know some people have signed up for today's. Uh, today's Tuesday, um, and then I'm gonna have tomorrow evening, Wednesday evening, and then Thursday uh, morning and afternoon. Um, and the morning ones are at Holy Family. The afternoon and evening ones are at St. Lawrence. So what we'll do too in between each confession is just kind of do a quick wipe down, you know, of, of chairs or or uh, kneelers. Talk to a doctor about it. Kind of said, what should I do? And we we him and I actually kind of came up with this idea so i was really grateful f to him for that so that's one of the things um tomorrow night so wednesday night if you're listening to this before wednesday night um we're gonna do a a zoom parish get together and so you can find that link via um our email system or you know our, our flock note system um if you want you can send me a message if you're a parishioner um we're really limiting it to people that you know like are in the parishes to just make it you know, um, local or whatever you might want to call it. I'm not going to put it out there on Facebook. We'd get people from all over jumping in on that. And I really want to just make this really that we can all kind of see each other face to face, if you will. Uh, and as a group, I think it should be a lot of fun. We've got some things we're planning for it and it should just be a, a good chance to get together and have a little bit of conversation and maybe some music. And uh, we got a little game planned uh, that I saw on Jimmy Fallon uh, and got somebody to run that game for us. It should be a good time. So, so that's 7.30 Wednesday night. Um, check your email or open your email and scroll all the way down. I think it's at the bottom of the email. Yeah. We'll yeah. probably be sending some stuff out here in the next 24 hours to make sure everybody knows too. So. Yeah, and I'll, um, I'll put something on the website too, the, the link, okay. just um, for, for anyone who's not on the, on the, on the email list. So. Yeah, and then 7 p.m. Saturday, 7 p.m. Friday night, live stations at the cross. And then Sunday, 9 a.m. Mass yeah. uh, is Palm Sunday. And we're still trying to, f I'm probably going to wait till towards the end of the week to make a decision on what to do with palms or how to do that. Um, yeah, kind of tricky. It is kind of tricky. I think if we're, if, if we're really, truly being prudent about this, you know. 
and it is. I'm I've never been one to like really be paranoid or like anything like that because I'm not. I don't think that's where my mind is going. Um, but I'm being very. I'm trying to be just really prudent. Um, right now. Um, in the midst of this, and so, just kind of like really thinking through things, uh, just for because I want to I want to protect people, you know, and I want to keep people safe and. Um, but I also want to provide sh- for spiritual needs, so I'm, I'm just the balance and all that. So, so yeah, we'll kind of see how this this develops here in Duluth too. You know, we're seeing that, you know, watching what St. Louis County is doing, and then just talking to some folks in the medical field too, and get a kind of feel day by day of what's happening and how to approach this. So, yeah. Uh, anything else? That's going on. This? No, I don't think so. Let's let's talk about other stuff. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all like this dominating conversation, no yeah. doubt. You know, everybody yeah. you talk to, this is a conversation. So, but yeah, let's let's redirect a little bit. Huh? Yeah. Um. So, for today's episode, um, we're going to be talking about um the formation that priests go through. Um. You know, to when when someone kind of starts the, I guess, kind of the process of you know, hey, I think God might be calling me to be a priest. Is like. You know, there's, I guess, upwards of, you know, eight to, what, 10 years of schooling? Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it kind of depends on when Really, they, six to 10 years. When, or no, when, yeah, eight to 10 years. I mean... When they jump in, yeah. I guess, so... Yeah, you have to do you have to do at least a bachelor's in philosophy, and then you do four years of theology. And so, depending on when they jump into the college program, if they've had previous college, yeah. Yeah, and I know uh, it was kind of fun when we had a... Uh, Peter Brown, the seminarian, on uh, yeah. he jumped in for a couple episodes when he was over his J term, uh, so that's kind of fun. And he, you know, he kind of mentioned it a little bit. But uh, today we're gonna kind of dive into it a little bit deeper, and kind of you know talk about just the um, like the model that uh, the church uses, and um, yeah, and seeing and even kind of seeing what's like applicable to our own lives, and especially I guess even at this time when you have you know uh, the the entire family around. Um, yeah, kind of integrating some of that. So, I guess, do you want to kind of give us an overview, Father? Yeah. So, I think what we're going to talk about is the, they talk about the four pillars of formation, and um, one of the things that that happens every year. And I've always thought, you know, we do it in our jobs, where you, most people in their jobs, you you know, have an annual evaluation. You know, on a sit down to say how are things going, you know, what's gone well this year, what hasn't gone well this year, where are areas for growth and improvement. You know, we do that in jobs. Um, uh, we do it at the seminary as well, and I often think, like, wouldn't that be amazing if, like, we did that in our lives, too, to, or as a family, or maybe as couples? I think even for me as a priest, like, we're not, we don't have, like, an evaluation process for us, really. Um, you know, wouldn't it be great if we did kind of sit down and just kind of, like, in a really vulnerable and honest and authentic way just say, yeah, how did my year go? How am I doing? Where do I need to maybe grow? And where are some of my strengths that I can continue to lean into? Um, and without being like overly self-critical or anything like that, it's oftentimes can be affirming, but also, uh, you know, when, you know, allow us to, uh, ignore things going on in our lives, particularly spiritually. So what our men do is they do have to go through an evaluation each year. So I shared earlier that yesterday we did two evaluations for our guys in college seminary. Um, and that's a sit down with. Um, a couple faculty members and myself and kind of talking about how the year has gone and then looking at some specific areas of life and how those things are going. And so in, in seminary, there's four pillars of formation. There's the uh, intellectual formation. There's the, the spiritual formation, the human formation, and the pastoral formation. So it's 
it's really teaching, it's, it's training or it's growing and forming our minds and um, who we are as human beings, just both physically and mentally, for instance, emotionally. Um, and then uh, how our prayer life is, how is our relationship with God. And, and pastorally, essentially, it's how is our relationship with other people and those that we're responsible toward <laughs> and toward whom we have to serve or we're called to serve. And so um, our guys, you know, are formed and look at, looked, uh, they look at these things each year. So uh, it's quite a process of um, walking them through that each year. And each seminary does it a little bit differently. When I was in seminary, uh, one of the things we had to do every year was write goals and objectives. And so at the beginning of the year, you would work with, with somebody in your spiritual director to just say, well, what are my goals and objectives within each of these areas? So in my academic life, in my intellectual life, what are my goals and the objectives behind that? So you usually had to do two or three goals and then two or three objectives under those goals. Like, how am I going to accomplish this goal? And it's always like how to be reasonable about it. So it gives you sort of a time, a, a guideline for the year ahead. And then you kind of revisit that through the year. Like, well, how are these things going? Is, is this effective? And you can adjust it or evaluate it. And then at the end of the year, it's to take those and, and write up a self. They have to write up a self-evaluation, actually. Okay. So they self-evaluate. And then their formator, their, their pastoral formator, um, not their pastoral formator, their uh, formation advisor is what we would call them, I guess, um, does a write-up on them as well, sort of an evaluation, a full write-up. And that goes in the file. You know, so we record this, and then you can look back at growth and stuff. Um so it's quite a process, you know, it's it's um it's really intense, you know, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't suggest you do this with your kids like that intensely, but it is a way to kind of just sit down and say how are things going in these areas of of your life maybe. Um I always think what if we did do that more and we kind of maybe naturally do that in a lot of ways. Um but seminary definitely adds this intentionality and process to it that um, can be really helpful for growth. Um, so yeah, that's that's some of what what goes on in seminary formation. Yeah, um, and I mean, I think we've you know we've brought the the kind of four pillars up um, before in some other ep episodes, but um, I um, when I w did uh, work with Focus, we used a kind of variation of the four pillars uh, when we were like getting training and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's just something that I've always kind of thought about because it's like, yeah, it's like it's kind of like all the like the like four corners of like the human person, you yeah. know, it's because you're um, using your mind with like the intellect, like your your soul, your heart, your uh, your will. And then um, kind of bring it all together to be able to like serve people. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I always thought of like, oh, yeah, th like that's a really good. Um, and I've like since within like, yeah, like the last year, I've kind of made some like try to try to do a variation of that of just being like yeah we're, like how am i doing here how am i doing here um i should probably look at it i don't think i've looked at it since i did it but <laughs> um uh but yeah it, i think i feel like they're really they're really good like kind of guidelines and um it it helps you kind of look at the entire person as a whole yeah instead of like missing uh like one of the important you know sections of it so yeah, and as you look at it, you don't compartmentalize too. Like you know, the, it's so important as w we walk our guys through this too. Is like it's not compartmentalizing sort of these four areas, but you see the how integrated they are. 
and how each one kind of impacts the other, and they're very much unified within us, right? And so the intellect feeds the soul, the soul feeds the intellect kind of a thing. Um, and, uh, and you know, you can talk about the body and the influence of the body and everything like that too, you know, in terms of our health and well-being. So, you know, our guys are really encouraged, you know, in, in some of the training they get too is, is around their psychological health, their mental health, um, and their physical health too. So it's both the encouragements towards exercise um, and good sleep and good eating habits um, good balance a day, right? Um, and so we're really trained in that. And it's so, so important. I think that one of the things that formation is doing now is really recognizing um, how important that is. Like that that we are, as priests and as seminarians, attentive to our well-being. You know, so a lot of times people don't realize, like, you know, how important that is for a priest to be attentive to it, just his regular well-being. I've had a lot of people in these days saying, Father, are you taking care of yourself? You know, um, because people care, you know. And it is. It's super important, um, you know, that we're living healthy in healthy ways. And so um, our guys are really uh, sort of given workshops on that and, and, you know, asked to really focus on that. There's... All of our seminaries have um, counseling resources um, that we use um, very intentionally for different things guys may be going through. Um, everything from personal stuff going on in their hearts to um, things from the past to family stuff. You know, all the things we all deal with. Yeah. You know, um, that priests have to and seminarians have to deal with that stuff too, you know. And uh, I think sometimes it's... Uh, I, I and I, people definitely are very aware that we're human, right? I mean, there's I, I'm not going to say like you know, people are very aware of that. It's just the way that we have to take care of ourselves is is, is different too because we don't have a spouse or we don't have um, maybe direct family members or kids. As we get older, we're not going to have kids who who help take care of us and make sure that we're doing okay. And so we have to find ways and make sure that we're doing that, particularly amongst each other. You know, as brother priests, like that really is the main way in which we are cared for. Um, and ought to be cared for is is amongst the fraternity of the priesthood, and then maybe if we do have family members, siblings, um, or parents. So, do you want to kind of maybe walk people through the? Um, yeah, I think we've talked a little bit with with Peter Brown, but um, like when somebody kind of enters the seminary day one, till um, like they get ordained a priest, like what kind of I guess like path they go through through those like four pillars um well the intellectual leads them uh, so the college years are what we call pre-theology years so the, f- the years that they're studying philosophy which is the first two to four years of their formation a big focus is on the human formation so it's it's a lot more time spent on just growing in human ways and a really big focus on that um so the formation itself really is focused on that in terms of conferences that they have, things that they talk about, things that are focused on. And that's, you know, everything from, you know, our guys, talking to our guys about balance of time, uh, building friendships, um, healthy psychosexual development, um, you know, good study habits is actually just a human formation thing sometimes, so just good work habits, stuff like that, Um, and all the health things. So it's 
those first two to four years are really heavily weighed on the human pillar, we would say, um, and then the spiritual pillar too, particularly in the spiritual pillar of just building a routine and habit of prayer. So that's super important in there. The pastoral formation of those first two to four years really isn't much other than, you know, just some small things, you know. Sometimes they'll go in to help out at some schools or maybe go to nursing homes and make just simple visits, start to get used to that. But that's not a big focus because that's, a, you know, the pastoral formation, it's, a lot of that happens once you get into theology. And then the intellectual is really focused on the philosophy because you, you, you really can't, be a good theologian or, or be a theologian if you don't have philosophy. Um, and philosophy involves logic. And it's, it, part of that's a dynamic of the development and the understanding of human thought and human thinking through the, the centuries and different theories about life and being and reality and the language used to explore the essence of what it what existence is and what creation is and what being is and in the world and all these different views, but understanding to a language for that because the church uses a very specific language in sort of our worldview and our understanding of who the, hu who the human person is, what the divine is, um, how things are ordered. Um, and so philosophy is a really important thing to get the mind set to study God <laughs> and to focus on God because it's a specific... Um, kind of language that you need to understand, if you will, in, in many ways. Um, and so that's, that's the beginning. The, the, once you get into theology school, um, it's, uh, it's a, obviously the intellectual is a focus on just theology or really just studying theology. And then the human formation continues, but really by that point, the goal is, is that a guy's pretty, pretty well-developed and living a pretty healthy life on a human level. It's certainly not ignored, and there's still some, some growth and some conversations around that, um, and particularly around celibacy at that point, because as you get into theology school, the human dynamic of celibacy has to be you know, solidified and has to be um, lived out in a healthy way, and so it really starts to focus on, as you go through theology school, the human focus does become you know, are you able to live an, uh, a healthy lifestyle as a celibate on all levels? And what does that look like for you? And really focusing in on that and making sure that a guy's growing and developing to be able to do that. You don't want to set somebody up for failure, you know? Um, so that, that becomes a big focus, actually, in, in the human formation, probably more the further along you get, just to really be receiving the gift of celibacy really is how we talk about it because it's it, it has to be a gift received. <laughs> it can't just be something forced, right? And so, um, and then how do you live with that gift? How do you live within that gift in a fruitful way? The, um, the spiritual formation through theology school, really the habit of prayer is formed in those first couple of years. And then when you get into theology, the prayer life really does start to, it ought to move deeper especially in contemplation and meditation and, and just your personal prayer with the Lord. Um, because as, you're, as you grow theologically in your thinking, if you will, or your intellectual formation, that, that really should deepen your prayer life. And so spiritually it becomes, because the routine is already built in, if you will, that's when you can now start to get into some, some depth, actually, in some really deeper prayer. 
Um, and so I would say that that's developed in the theology school uh, later on uh, as you go through. The pastoral formation uh, in theology school does get into um, everything from pastoral counseling and learning how to just counsel people, um, whether that's, so the guys are trained in how do you, for instance, visit the sick and make hospital visits and work journey with people as they go through illness or as they approach death. How do you journey with a family in that? Um, to everything from, you know, how do you walk and, and just pastorally counsel people in various ways? Um, to uh, learning how to and preparing to help people for sacramental preparation, particularly for baptism and particularly for marriage. So you, you priests are oftentimes involved with that, so you're trained in that. Then they're trained in homiletics. You know, so at, at a certain point, usually second or third year of theology, you start to, you have a class on giving a homily and writing a homily and preparing a homily, and then you practice delivering homilies. So they have homily practicums where they actually have to, like, get in front of their peers and give a, give a homily, and oftentimes they're given a scenario. When I was going through, it was like, okay, you know, next week at the homily practicum, here's your homework. It's a funeral of, you know, a 52-year-old man from the parish you know, who did this or this or that. They give you, like, a scenario and a situation. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to give a funeral homily. Yeah. Um, or it, next week it's a weekday homily, or next week it's the Palm Sunday homily. Like, So they go through a lot of practice with that. As you go along, too, then there's a, a confession practicum. So you're literally role-play. You know, you have to learn about the rules of the confessional and, like, what you can and can't do and yeah. in terms of, like, canonically, like, if certain things come up and and just the the process, but then you you practice that, and that was always one of the fun practicums to watch guys like squirm in the confessional when they, you know because our faculty members, at least when I experienced it, the faculty members would you know they they would role play like the one doing the confession, and oftentimes it would be from their own experience or whatever, and um, so it was always fun to watch us squirm because you know like oh my yeah. goodness <laughs> like what's this gonna be like, and so um. So they do stuff like that. And then as they get closer, in their last year, for instance, the pastoral formation literally is learning how to say Mass. So, you know, you think like, well, I've been going to Mass every single day for six years, you know, as a seminarian or eight years as a seminarian. And you think, yeah, we've just got to say Mass. <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame when you're on the other side of the altar, you know, and you're up there uh, in those vestments. It's a whole different thing to get used to and to know what to be doing and where to, where the pages are. I mean, that's one of the things that they've got to learn. Because, yeah. yeah, you've been listening to Mass for a long time, but you don't know where it is in that book, you know? And so you've got to learn that. And you've got to learn to just pretty readily get familiar with that book, which doesn't take too long. But it's also when do you put your hands up, when you put your hands down, mm -hmm. you know? Um, what do you say quietly? What do you say out loud? You know, all those different things. So then they, they do. They have literally practice altars and practice chapels to go and practice in and kind of play mass and do fake mass. And then you'll, you know, when I was going through, we, we would have to do it with a faculty member then in there. We could choose a classmate, for instance, to be our altar server or whatever. And literally you would go through the entire mass. You would, you would celebrate a mass, a fake mass. You'd do the readings. You'd do everything that you're supposed to do. So that's kind of what the pastoral formation takes place then. So, I mean, and there's more and more. I mean, I could talk on and on about some of the things that, yeah. that we do. Um, 
and so yeah, there's a lot to learn and a lot to, to be formed into in order to be become a priest and to be a be a priest, uh, especially a parish priest. So, so yeah, our our guys, you know, pray for them because they they do they've they've got a lot to learn and a lot to grow in, um, in order to become a priest. So. Yeah, well, and I'm sure during this time specifically, they're you know out of their out of their normal kind of context and routine. So. Yeah. Deacon Matt Miller, you know, he, he's going to be ordained a priest at the end of June. And uh, so they're back from Italy. They closed the seminary down in Rome. Uh, they closed the whole formation program down, sent everybody home. So those guys are on a 14-day quarantine out in the middle of nowhere, undisclosed location for two weeks. Um, they're all healthy. They're all fine. There's nine of them, I think. Or maybe it was only five now. Five of them from the Midwest that went, and they're staying at a nice house that somebody allowed them to stay at. Um, some guys from North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. But Matt, for instance, is missing those last practicums, both the confession practicums and some of the mass practicums. And so we're going to figure out a way to yeah, get that done Get that done, and help him learn how to do those things and get some experience like in just the role play before he actually has to do it because it's the craziest thing. I, the, when you're suddenly a priest and standing up there, it is it is the most bizarre feeling in so many ways in you know you get used to it fairly quickly but whew. and the first confessions whoo man i remember somebody came up to me it was after my ordination it was like in between the ordination and i was going down to the reception somebody stopped me i wasn't even at my reception yet after my ordination somebody stopped me and said father will you hear my confession and i was like uh sure <laughs> <laughs> so literally, we're standing down by the reception was down at the old Duluth East High School, or now it's Ordean, I suppose, right? Uh, we're standing right outside there. Literally, that's where my first confession I ever heard was right outside those doors. That's super funny, and, you know. And I was just <laughs> like, uh, uh, <laughs> it's just a totally different experience when you're on the other side of it, uh, and it's really beautiful. But you, when you when you get to it, you kind of do feel like how ill prepared you are, even yeah. though you've done so much preparation. You still yeah. feel like I am not ready for this. <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing, priesthood. You know, and you think about times like this too, like how important it is. I think we realize the gift of the priesthood in moments like this. Um. I think both as priests, but I think even amongst the lady, I think there's a a sense of uh, how important the priesthood is because how important the Eucharist is, you know? And as frustrated as people can get with us, just our humanness, you know, as priests, or like, you know, the disappointments and the frustrations and the letdowns that we often just people have with us, you know? Um, just on all sorts of different levels, there's still... You know, my experience, too, is that so many people are so grateful for the gift of the priesthood. Um, and for me, I, I that's what I always hope, is that people appreciate the priesthood more than me. You know, so, so it's like, okay, I get, don't, yeah, if people don't either like me or don't like what I'm doing or, or whatever, that's fine. It's, but, but just recognize the beauty and the goodness of the priesthood and that God works through the sacrament that I've received and that I that I'm, I'm striving to live through, you know, and uh, but I think in in these times like this, we we come to recognize 
how much we we do value, myself included, the gift of the priesthood and the gift of the Eucharist and the gift of reconciliation through the priesthood as well. Um, Because I even think about, you know, going to confession here before Easter, you know, I got to talk to some of the guys in town and say, like, okay, you know, you're comfortable, you know, can can I come over for confession or whatever? It just kind of like it's just a little bit different now, so you appreciate it a little bit more. It's one of the graces in it, I guess. So, okay, Dan, we're way past time. We <laughs> ramble on and on. That's all right. That's all right. Nobody has anything to do, anyways. So yeah, <laughs> you're not. Nobody's in a rush out there, right? It's like yeah, we're just sitting around listening to this thing. <laughs> well, thank you for kind of showing, or I guess giving us a like a look into the seminary a little bit, looking into uh, yeah. the, the formation that you all go through. Um, yeah, thank you all for uh, for listening, uh, for spending spend your time with us uh, today. So, uh, well, hopefully, we will uh, see you next week. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised. <laughs>